you are listening to The Current Daily, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Monday, August 3rd. Wow, August. It's day one of Summer Session 2. I hope you had a pleasant weekend. It's currently 2.37 a.m. as I'm recording this. I seem to have lost track of time over the weekend. You may have heard there's an election coming up this November. Unless our current president moves the date. Just kidding. (sighs) They're going to make me cry. There's the small matter of the Constitution that prevents that. But speaking of elections, we have another first here at the current daily. We'll hear from a real live candidate whose name will be on the ballot. It's none other than Dr. Lawana Richmond. She's an organizational development manager from parking and transportation here on campus. And she's also a candidate for San Diego Unified School Board District E. Our own David Carlos recently caught up with Lawana to hear what she has to say. And I do have to go off script a little bit here. Since at some point in this conversation, Dr. Lawana and David start talking about science fiction and comic books and Dr. Lawana's experience with San Diego Comic Con, and she mentions an Eisner Award winner named John Jennings, and I had to give an extra shout to John Jennings. He is an instructor at UC Riverside, in case any of you didn't know. And he's also an expert on everything having to do with comics and horror movies. And for that reason, he has spoken at my film festival. But I should also say he was involved in a project that won the Eisner Award this year as well. And that was called Bitter Root. It is a fantastic graphic novel. If you haven't read it yet, I highly recommend it. But anyway, let's go ahead and hear what they have to say. Today, we have Dr. Lawana Richmond, who is an Organizational Development Manager for Transportation Services. Hi, Lawana. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, David Carlos. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well, trying to stay cool in the heat. It is a pretty hot one today, for sure. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I think you have been a part of uh, the university and and really been a big contributor. So I really was excited when you said that you would be here today and have our listeners hear a little bit more about you. And especially since you are running for the San Diego Unified School Board, can you tell us about your time here at uh, UC San Diego and what that's been like? Um, it's been a, a wonderfully educational experience. I feel like in some ways I've grown up here. You know, I came, you know, as probably what some people call mid-career time, but I actually um, resigned from a position as an operations manager. In that time, you know, I was only going to be here for a few months and then go back and get a real job in the real world. But in that time that I was here, before I actually even started looking, I realized that uh, maybe there was a place for me here. And uh, the opportunities I've had have really um, helped me grow as a person. I've worked in financial reporting. I've worked in system administration, configuration, maintenance, implementation, and even sunsetting some legacy systems. 
And now I do organizational development where I get to coach leaders and frontline staff on process improvement and um, help drive the organizational culture for transportation services. I'm also, I see I was chair of the Black Staff Association after serving as scholarship chair, chair of the Staff Association, and then staff advisor to the regents, and now I'm co-chair for the Faculty and Staff Giving Council. And while I was here, my interest was piqued, and I did my doctorate on educational leadership through the joint doctorate program offered by UC San Diego and Cal State San Marcos. That's amazing. It seems that that contribution, taking that extra step to not just work here, but um, really be that uh, that contribution. What about it do you find that keeps you having to do more and more like that? I guess part of it is just my desire to always try to leave things better than I found them. I am not a big whine and complain person. I'm more of a Let's figure out what the problem is and get, you know, dig in and try to fix it. And so some of it is just trying not only to help improve things for myself, but improve things for the people around me. Is that part of your reason that you've decided to run for the San Diego Unified School Board? (laughs) Yeah, actually, it's the whole reason. Um, (laughs) If there had been a candidate on the slate who I felt confident would address the needs and concerns of the people in my community in an effective way, I wouldn't have even thrown my hat in the ring. I care about the future for children. I understand that even a lot of the challenges that we deal with as adults, they stem from our experiences as children. And a lot of those experiences happen on the schoolyard or in the classroom. I, I can remember sometimes looking back at my past and things that happen and even now in the future or where I'm at right now. Oh, that reminds me of when I was a kid. So that I can totally yeah. see that. So the, obviously you started campaigning before the pandemic. How has the transition been going since after um, we all started remote working and the lockdown and everything like that? How has that been? You know, it's been particularly hard for me because I enjoy connecting with people And nobody wants a canvasser knocking on their door to talk about an election when they're worried about a pandemic. All of my campaign activity is virtual. I spend a lot of time in Zoom meetings, speaking to groups that invite me or or, or at least let me weasel my way in so I can talk about my campaign. And a lot of it is just social media posting and relying on other people to also post. I've had to do some creative fundraising events. For my birthday party, I made that a fundraiser for the campaign. Uh, Last month, I did an event called Self-Care Sunday, where I introduced people or treated people to a virtual sound bath with a focus on meditation and general wellness. And most recently, today actually, I hosted a talk on... um, uterine fibroids as part of uterine fibroid awareness month where i had a medical professional and a community health educator uh, talk to a group um, just about their options i try to make my campaign reflective of who i am as a person it's harder to do digitally but um i enjoy being in that creative space yeah and i I know that you were also a part of the black staff association in the uh, born free workshop uh, that um, that actually happened yesterday, and we have one next week. Yeah, 
that was uh, an amazing experience. I, I participated in that, and it was uh, it was really wonderful to to be a part of that. So thank you for putting that on, and thank you for everything that you are doing. It, it sounds um, amazing, and you're really committed to people, right? And committed to um, yeah. the education, um, especially of children. So what, what are some of the things that you would say we should be, should be focusing right now to ensure uh, students get a quality education? I understand the importance of assessments and having some standard work. You know, as a Lean Six Sigma Green Belt, I understand being scientific and methodical, but I also think it's important that we focus more energy on social and emotional learning. I think that we have to look at the whole child and children show up with, you know, very different styles of learning, different needs, different levels of trauma, or, you know, sometimes they need um, assistance from a language standpoint. And we, I really would like to see us do more strength-based education with, with kids in terms of making sure we address their needs, but do it in a way that we're not treating them as less than or taking a deficit approach. Also, there's a, been the state of California ruled on ethnic studies curriculum being implemented in the school system. And I think that's a great step. I would like to see education decolonized in a way, because I think in some ways, when we center one population in our educational processes, we are reinforcing um, certain stereotypes and belief systems. So I'd like to support education that is more inclusive and also create environments or create opportunities that encourage teachers to play to their strengths. Every teacher, I mean, you know, a lot of times we talk about how children have different strengths and weaknesses and different learning styles. Teachers have different teaching styles, and I think that we don't always allow them the space to teach in the ways that are best suited to their strengths. Right now, you know, we can't ignore the fact that we're looking at how do we continue education in the midst of a pandemic? How do we make sure that we are being sensitive to the needs and safety of everyone involved, as well as how do we address specific um, needs of people that need adaptive or assisted um, learning and learning technologies. I believe that there, these are all problems that can be solved. The challenge, of course, is how do we get people to stop trying to go back to where we were and doing what we were doing before the pandemic and stop trying to solve problems with the solution in mind before we actually analyze what's changed and how we need to adapt. I believe that it's important to have someone like me on the school board because especially at a time right now when we need to really think proactively about how to um, adapt and prepare for additional challenges that are on the horizon, I think you need people that know how to navigate and manage change in a way that's professional, thoughtful, and inclusive. And those are the things that I know I bring to the table. So I do want to say, David Carlos, a lot of times people look at like my professional background and my academic background. My degrees are in business information systems and educational leadership, but I also bring lived experience to the table. I was in the foster care system as a foster child. I had um, some childhood trauma. I was a teen mom. And then as a parent, I was a single mom with children 
trying to navigate and I had very little resources and I had to figure out how to make sure that my kids had what they needed and were prepared. And I just understand the challenges, I think, in a way that might be different from someone who never raised a child or never had to um, deal with resource challenges. Yeah, and absolutely. And so that's a lot of people are having to deal with that in this day and age yeah. and be empathetic to that. Uh, I know. Yeah, and, be and, empathetic instead of blaming. Right. Yeah, absolutely. A little more empathy in life would, would, would be pretty amazing. <laughs> across um, the board. Yeah, across the board. Right. Right. Across the board. Empathy. Let's do that. So uh, right now you on Tuesdays, you have uh, a Google Meet at 1 p.m. Yeah. And this is where people can come and, and just ask questions or? So sometimes I start off with the topic. It's a pretty informal roundtable discussion. Uh, we, when we launched it, we called it Navigating the New Normal with Dr. Luana. And it's kind of evolved into with Dr. Luana and friends. And the, it's really easy to find. It's a, I created a bit.ly link, bit.ly. Um, and then the forward slash, and it's just capital N, the number three, and then capital D, lowercase r, capital L. So it's N3 Dr. L. That is just a space where people can ask anything they want about the campaign. I have tried to um, manage those conversations and keep them limited to a topic, but I also want it to be a democratic space. So if I think today is a great time to talk about community gardening and how we can teach kids natural science through um, gardening in our kitchens, and someone else wants to talk about something that was on the agenda at the school board meeting on Tuesday, well, that's the direction the conversation is going to go. I really try to listen, and I use it as an opportunity to hear what people in the community care about and what's important to them. Because I don't, even though I like to say I'm connected to my community because of a lot of the volunteer work I do, I know that I don't know everything. I know that every person I meet knows something I don't know. And if I'm able to listen, I may be able to learn things that'll help me be more effective. It sounds like you're being adaptable. Yeah. Being able to listen and adapt to things and, and just be there to, to gain more knowledge. Now, um, you do have the candidate forums, forums also coming up, I think, August 14th, August 28th, and September 23rd. How do people connect there? So the first, the August community forums are being hosted by the League of Women's Voters, and they'll be um, promoting that information, or you could go to the League of Women Voters website to look at their calendar. And then the September 23rd forum is being hosted by Parents and Quality Education. Their information is also on their website. But in addition to that, everything that I just mentioned that we talked about that I'm doing will be on my website at drlawanarichmond.com. And the doctor is abbreviated DR and then Lawana Richmond. Okay, great. Thank you. So thank you for that because I, I will definitely have a link to it on the podcast. Oh, thank you. You you are very welcome. So you I've noticed when you sent me questions, you wanted you had mentioned my love of comics and sci-fi. Yes, absolutely. I know we just talked a little bit about that, but can you please share with the, the people listening. What, uh, tell us about the, your love. Yeah, so I read my first science fiction book when I was eight. It was This Perfect Day. Ever since then, I've loved science fiction, and I've started reading comic books probably when I was about nine or ten, 
and uh, we were some friends of mine and I were talking about Comic-Con coming up and um, how there is a diversity there was a diversity issue with Comic-Con it was a very very white space and then there were also incidents where um, cosplayers of color were receiving negative feedback from people who didn't appreciate their cosplay so we thought it would be fun to have like an after party um, and that was a couple of years ago so we put together this event and we thought maybe 50 people would come we had vendors and exhibitors some of the exhibitors were from dc marvel john jennings was the eisner award winner for um, one of the eisner award winners for that year and it was a lot of fun. We thought maybe we'd get 50 people. We had 700 people show up. Wow. Then when we did it the second year, we did it in a different location because the first location where we had the 700 people show up, it was an old antique art gallery. So it was in a historic building, a hundred-year-old building. You had to walk up like six flights of stairs to get to the exhibit space. And the building was so old that it didn't have AC. And so, you know, people to this day joke about how hot it was. Like, it was hot, like it was a great, fun environment. But people were literally, like, dripping with sweat. We had fans and everything we could do to try to keep it cool. But even though it was that hot, people wouldn't leave. So um, we, the next year was at the New School of Architecture and Design, where there was plenty of air conditioning. Things were more spread out. And because I had an opportunity to anticipate the crowd, we were able to offer um, more panels. And we went from being in two rooms to having three classrooms and an auditorium, as well as an exhibit hall and a VIP space. This year, um, because of COVID, it's going to be online and on the 15th of August. I usually schedule it to coincide with San Diego Comic-Con, but I felt like since I didn't need to worry about people traveling and have, trying to take advantage of co-location, that I didn't need to compete and happen on the same weekend. Well, it, it sounds like you really were providing something that people were really hungry for. And yeah. That's, that's one of those things that it's a great problem to have when you're expecting a certain, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, what do you call it? Good trouble. Good trouble, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in honor of John Lewis, every time I see a space where there's some good trouble happening, I got to acknowledge it and call it what it is. Because, yeah, a lot of times, you know, there's good problems to have. You know, it's like the, we were talking earlier about empathy. If people have a problem with me being too empathetic, I'm sorry. I think it's, I think it's good to care about your fellow man. That doesn't mean I won't make rational decisions or hold people accountable. But you can hold people accountable and be empathetic at the same time. I think that's a way that we can really move forward and make the world work for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And there's enough, there's enough work. There's enough stuff to go around. There's space for creativity and there's space for science. And there's even places where the two intersect. There is. Absolutely. And this world yeah. is full of possibilities. It's just up to us. We're the only ones that limit ourselves. It really is. Well, I think that's what I like the most about science fiction. One of my favorite sci-fi writers, Octavia Butler, someone asked her, you know, why sci-fi? And she said, because there are no walls. Yes, absolutely. It's beautiful. 
Thank you so much for um, taking the time and, and just sharing uh, with us. Great always to talk to you and, and to listen what you're up to. Good luck. And I will have everything posted so people can follow you. Oh, well, thank you very much. You are and, welcome. Um, thank, thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. The crack research team here at The Current Daily can report that District E seems to be Southeast San Diego. The high schools are Lincoln, Morse, and Crawford, if those landmarks help. And though I'm sure she's a worthy candidate, this podcast episode is not an official endorsement of Dr. Lawana Richmond. The editorial board of The Current Daily will release all our endorsements closer to the election. You can ignore the UT and the New York Times. We will have the definitive recommendations. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.